Hey, we're back. This is Joe and TJ from the Schoolhouse 302, and you're listening to our Focus Ed podcast. Focus Ed is your educational leadership podcast. In every episode, it's our mission to focus on one aspect of teaching and leading in school so that you can make progress in your district, school, or classroom with even more knowledge, better understanding, and a clear direction on what to do next for your students and staff. In each show, we ask an expert guest to join us and we dissect their work and tons of other information about leading better and growing faster in schools. We're only doing 14 episodes per school year and we hope you'll listen to all 14. The guest list is incredible. Don't miss a single show and do us a favor. Please like, share and follow Focus Ed on SoundCloud, iTunes and our website, theschoolhouse302.com. And now for another episode of Focus Ed. This is the second episode of Focus ED. And in this episode, we interview Adam Welcome. Uh, Adam needs no introduction, but we will give you some of his highlights. He was a teacher, principal, director of innovation for a district with 35,000 students. And he enjoys pushing the envelope as he did in this interview. Adam was the principal of the year in his region. He was a 20 to watch for the National School Board Association, a guest blogger for Ed Week, NAESP Magazine, and many other publications. He also consults and works with many education companies as a way to improve their product for others. He's passionate about technology integration with all educators and a huge advocate for social media and connecting with other educators from across the country. Adam makes it clear that kids come first and has preached that message of Team Kid for many years. He's the co-founder of Kids Deserve It and the author of Run Like a Pirate and Empower Our Girls. Adam has an amazing wife and two young children that keep life at home exciting and active. He also loves to run, as you can see with his posts on Twitter, and he's completed now 29 marathons. When we talk to him, we believe there's one coming up. Now, we first interview Adam, and the first question we ask, he dives right in, is about his book, called Kids Deserve It. So you'll enjoy the very beginning of the episode with a discussion about Kids Deserve It. And then we dive into a number of questions for Adam and he delivers. So thank you for listening to Focus Ed. This is episode number two with Adam Welcome. We hope you enjoy it. And I blogged about two or three days a week. And then um, I met Todd Nestaloni on Twitter because where else do you meet any educator? You meet them on Twitter. And then we uh, connected in person at a conference and uh, hit it off. And um, long story short, we just kind of, we started Kids Deserve It. And it just absolutely took off in just insane ways. And when we started Kids Deserve It, our goal was not even to write a book. Our goal was to just change the world. And I think that's a really important thing to think about. I think a lot of people want to write a book and it's much easier to become published in 2019. I mean, you can self-publish and uh, maybe that's not always the right, the right avenue, but uh, you know, for us, it worked out and we just pumped out content. We put out about two or three blog posts a week. We have a Twitter chat. We had a, had a podcast, had a hundred episodes of the podcast. And then one, one day, uh, Dave Burgess uh, sent us a text message and was like, Hey, we should talk. 
And uh, if you know Dave Burgess, when he sends you a message that he wants to talk, you uh, you talk to Dave Burgess, and that's what we did. And um, he offered us a book contract, and uh, we wrote "Kids Deserve It," and it's been out for about three and a half years, and uh, it is absolutely continues to roar away with book studies across the country. And "Kids Deserve It" is really stop making excuses, stop saying it can't be done, stop saying you don't have enough money or you don't have the right people around you or whatever it is. Think different, think big, be courageous, take risks. Focus on the kids. I think too many adults in education focus on the adults and uh, adults make decisions that are good for adults and they're not always best for kids. And every decision that we make in education has to be good for kids. And uh, that's kind of like my uh, 20 floor elevator uh, pitch on, uh, on Kids Deserve It. Thank you, Adam. This is Joe. Just a follow up to that. I love the idea of, you know, the premise was to change the world. Have you experienced or people told you about some of the outcomes of the book? So they've read the book, they've put into play um, what you've written about. Um, Have you seen for our audience, all practitioners, all dedicated to students, have you seen or heard or witnessed any outcomes from the book? And could you share them with us that could translate, you know, into practice tomorrow? for our listeners. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's extremely humbling at the core. I'm a teacher and then I became an administrator and I happened to become an author. You know, people know me around the country for the work that I've done. And I'm going to say on a daily basis, I get messages uh, on, on Twitter or emails or in person when I go and speak with people he wanted to read. I can't tell you how many, uh, how many books I've read that just didn't, didn't, uh, didn't do it for me. And, um, that is really, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you read the book and you can go change your practice after recess or after lunch or, or tomorrow. You don't have to go to a training. You don't have to get a master's degree. Uh, you can just go do something different. You can pick up the phone and celebrate a student by calling home and telling their parents how much you appreciate them and their hard work and that you're glad that they're in your classroom. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, overthink it and most things never get done because they never get started. So our jam is get started, focus on the kids, keep it simple and just do it again and again every single day. So you mentioned a couple of things that people could do after recess, you know, make that parent phone call. But when you say kids deserve it to a group of practitioners, can we run through a few strategies that you would say, you know, what, people overthink this. Just here are the three things that you should be doing on a regular basis or here's the one thing that you should do right now or or something that we're overthinking that, that just should be simple enough to make it so kids deserve it. Yeah. You know, I I believe teachers are important and teachers are more important than ever. I think teachers are important in different ways. When we were kids, the teacher was the purveyor of all the knowledge. They went to school, they read books, they studied, they got their credential, and then they regurgitated everything that they learned to us, the students. Well, now I think that educators need to be in the yes business. And I think that we need to allow kids. If we open the door for something to something, kids are going to walk through. I mean, teachers are still needed 100%, but we're just needed in different ways. So an example is, all right, I want my kids to make videos in class and I have some iPads. 
The teacher does not need to know how to make the videos. The teacher needs to know how to ask the right questions, push the students, have them mind map what they're going to do, and then give the iPads to the kids. And then they go out and they create the videos. They figure out how to edit in iMovie. They figure out how to you know, do the sound and the audio and do all the different clips and do the transitions and the voiceovers and the music. The teacher doesn't need, to, doesn't need to worry about that. Most things never get done because they don't get started. And I think too many adults, teachers, worry that they don't know their kids are gonna come to them with questions and they can't help. Again, you are important, you're more important than ever. You're just important in different ways. Open the door, kids are gonna walk through. You follow the kids and then you facilitate that learning experience with the kids. And that's one simple idea. And why should kids be making video? Because kids don't watch TV, kids watch YouTube. And I'm gonna tell you, the majority of secondary students across this country, if you ask them what they wanna do when they grow up, they wanna be a YouTuber. And even if they don't grow up to be a YouTuber, the skills that they're learning along the way are gonna translate to so many other professions because they're problem solving, they're being creative, they're collaborating, they're working with others, they have to edit, and then they have to present what they created to their classmates. Those are skills, no matter what job they have, when they graduate, that will be applicable in 2019, 2025. So teachers need to get out of the way, follow the students and support them with what they know. Teachers are the experts in kids, curriculum and relationships. Focus on that, let the kids become the experts in the other things that you don't know. Adam, when you say that's, I like how you're getting really specific with what teachers have to do, how to get out of the way. I think that's hard for many. Director of, Innov of Innovation isn't really a title that's popular in Delaware. <laughs> you know, and I think it's growing the district that you were in, the size. I've seen that in other districts across the nation. What were some of those like early roadblocks with innovation that teachers just may have had trouble accepting? And because most in the audience uh, tonight are, you know, principals, assistant principals, practical strategies to create. And I don't like the word buy in. I, you know, it's more like owning it. And because when you own it, you will get out of the way. You will have a little more faith um, in what's going to happen. Can you speak to that a little bit um, as the innovation director and some of those early obstacles um, you ran into? Yeah. So, I mean, it starts with the people. If you want, I can send an email to your governor and just urge them uh, to do this because you know, it's not a matter of if you want to or if, you're, if you need to get buy-in. We have to. This is a national emergency to do what's best for kids, to do, to do what's relevant for kids, even if the adults don't know how to do it. So I was a principal. And as a principal, I was also the director of innovation. And you have time. You have time for what you make time for. You have to make make time to be creative, to encourage other people and to lead by example. And as the director of innovation for a district with 50 schools and 35,000 students, I'm going to tell you what, it's not that complicated. What you got to do is be visible with your people. First and foremost, be visible. Next, build relationships. Third, show them them what they can do and what's possible and then encourage them and tell them exactly what I'm telling you. Teacher, here, check this out. This is why it's good for kids. This is why it's good for uh, engagement and learning and standards and it's relevant to 2019 if kids go to college or they go to a career and then get out of the way. Focus on what 
but you know best. I'm gonna tell you so many people overthink things. Adults overthink it. Stop overthinking and start doing. And you know, you really gotta find that time for creativity. I was lucky the district where I was a director of innovation, I don't do that anymore. They saw the vision and they saw that. And then the directors, they're supervising principals and employees and IEPs and upset parents. Well, in 2019, the game has changed and you meet somebody in the middle with absolutely no responsibility. I had zero responsibility to just be creative and to do professional development with grade levels and departments and principals and parent groups and to show people really simply, hey, here's this thing. Show them for three to five minutes. The kids are going to love it. They're going to dig it. Here's where it applies to the standards. And if you teach this way, you're actually going to teach about three to five standards in one lesson rather than just teaching to the test and teaching to one standard at a time said no kid ever. So really, it's, it's really project based learning at its core. Give kids the technology when it makes sense. Introduce the concept. Show them where they need to end up with the learning goal. And then get out of the way and then facilitate the learning. And that's exactly what I did as a director of innovation. So let's talk about the why just for a minute. Why it's such a problem. Um, you tweeted out, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, everything you say is not always going to be popular. Everything you do is not always going to be popular. If all that you say yeah. and do is popular, you're probably not saying and doing what you should be. There is no growth in the comfort zone. I love that tweet. And maybe that's part of the problem, but, and you sound so passionate about it, but how can we get past the resistance? I mean, what, what do we need to do to push past the concept of maybe being popular or the why behind what you're saying isn't a reality in every school and every classroom? Uh, I think too many people worry about what other people think about them. And I just don't, I want people to like me, but you know what? I'm not going to do things or say things. So people do like me. And that's the first step. And then the second problem is ego. Adults have ego and they worry that they don't know. Somebody else might know. Maybe my job is going to be in jeopardy. Uh, the kids may know more. What if the adults find out that I don't know or the parents find out? And to me, that's the basics of it all. The kids will like you and respect you more when you take risks. You know what? Kids don't care. Kids don't care if you know how to do something or not. Kids don't care that you don't know how to edit the YouTube video. Kids don't care that you don't know how to produce a podcast and get it on the internet because they can figure that out. It's called Google. It's called Alexa. It's called Siri. <laughs> information is commoditized. Everybody has the access to the same information. So that's what it comes down to ego and people worrying about what other people think about them. Adam, if you were going to improve the student experience, all students in every school, what's one thing you would want to see done? Uh, first off, I think every school should turn the bells off. Bells belong in prisons. We should not tell students and teachers when they can and can't learn. It also is extremely disruptive to the learning day. When I was a principal, we turned off all the bells. And you know what happened? Everybody got to recess. Everybody got to lunch. Everybody went home at the right time. And it just didn't disrupt the entire, the entire learning process during the day. Uh, second thing is like we need more choice and voice for kids. Adults, especially educators, especially people at the state level and the federal level, they tell 
kids what to do. We do too much to kids. We don't do enough with kids. We need to get students' voice and give them choice in their learning. It's the same thing for adults. If you go to a conference and your principal tells you, okay, TJ, you need to go to these four sessions over these two days. Nope, nope, this is what you got to do. You're going to go there in there with a little bit different, little bit different mojo. But if your principal's like, hey, you know what? You got four sessions. You can pick. You, I really want you to go to this one because this is a focus for us. The other three, up to you, carte blanche. You pick what you want. You got choice and voice in your decision-making. Your principal guided you towards one or your teacher towards one because that, that's what they had to do. But the other three, like, hey, I'm going to go learn about what I want to learn about, how I want to learn about it, when I want to learn about it. And uh, I just think that we need more of that in our schools. That's fantastic. Definitely going to rebroadcast the part about turning the bells off like 17 or 18 times in Delaware. That is so, TJ's mantra. That's one of my, that's one of my things. So, you know what yeah. I did? I just turned them off. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. I just turned them off. And you know what? It took about two months for people to realize they were like, you know what? We haven't heard the bells. And I was like, oh yeah, I turned them off. And this was my second year at my school. And teachers kind of looked at me. I'm like, it's cool, right? They're like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Because it wasn't, it wasn't disruptive. And if a teacher wanted to, if their class was just so enthralled with what they were learning about and they wanted to stay in for three extra minutes, the kids weren't jonesing to go to recess when the bell rang. Because when the bell rings and the kids know that it's recess or lunch, I mean, engagement and learning stops. So the teacher went to lunch or recess three minutes late, and then they just came in three minutes after recess was officially over. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Why should we tell people when they can and can't learn? We should not be doing that, period. It's an awesome message. I just texted our uh, director of operations and had the bells disabled in the entire district. So I'm happy to note that for you. Make it happen. (laughs) What's your favorite resource to support teaching, learning, and leadership? If listeners could say, you know what, I I read Adam's book, I got his stuff, but I want to know how, you know, what he would use in his school for, to support teaching and learning and leadership in schools. Twitter. Period. Yeah, I don't think TJ and I could agree with that anymore. It's funny how people not necessarily resist Twitter, but don't know how to use it as a tool and feel like it's simply overwhelming. I've had so many people say, Joe, I I can't keep up with the stream. And I said, that's that's not how it's actually meant to be used. So uh, we agree with you, TJ and I champion Twitter as much as we can. Um, and we have to give a shout out to Jenny Nauman down at Cape Henlope. And she's the one who really helped us out. Uh, Principal of the year, um, get started and showed us the way a few years ago. So we agree with that a hundred percent. If you're not on Twitter, I don't know where you're learning from every day. And there is a lot of noise on Twitter with politics and no matter what you believe in or not, it doesn't matter. And we're not here to get into that conversation with music and media If you go to Twitter to connect with other principals or assistant superintendents or teachers or whatever you do, that is the group that you will find. I would have left education so many years ago if I had not found my people. Most of my people I've never met in person. And some of them I will never meet because they're all across, not just the country, they're all across the world. 
if you are not on Twitter, I don't know where you're learning from every day. Thank you, Adam. Let's a little shift here. You're on a totally different educational role now from like a traditional lens, but you're still making a huge impact in the world of education. What's one impact in the next, you know, three to five years you would like to make or continue to make in this role that you fill now? Yeah. So I, um, I just, I work for myself now. I just travel and speak and consult and do leadership coaching, um, all across the country. And people say, Oh, do you like being a a motivational speaker? And I say, I'm not a motivational speaker. I still feel that I'm a teacher. I just have different students. Uh, and I, my goal is just, just to continue to a number of things, continue to push people out of their comfort zone, continue to give people permission because there are some people, some places that don't have permission from the people that they work with. And that's a shame. And uh, to be there to, to, to really support people. And uh, I have a a bunch of different projects in the works and uh, I'm excited about some of those projects, you know, in addition to the three books that I've already, I've already written. And um, I do, I do about weekly videos on YouTube that people can watch and just kind of get, little snippets and ideas. And I try, I try to blog about every week. And, uh, you know, some things that I'm really bullish on are robotics. If you don't have robotics in your school, you're five years behind. You need to get some level of robotics happening in your school. Like, like today. Uh, I, I mean, I was bullish on robotics 18 months ago. I'm even more on it now. So many companies are investing in Amazon, FedEx, UPS, food delivery, and you just think about all the jobs within that ecosystem, building the robots, coding the robots, programming the robots. There are just designing the robots. That equals J-O-B-S, opportunities for our students. If they graduate from college with an uh, electrical engineering degree, or they want to get into it right out of high school. Uh, Many of these jobs, you don't need a college degree. And I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm just saying you don't need a college degree for so many of these jobs. Coding has been, and I I feel will continue to be such an important thing. And if you do nothing else with your kids, facilitate coding with them. You don't need to know how to code to teach kids how to code. You facilitate coding with them. Code.org, in my opinion, is the best place to start. K-12, they have AP aligned courses for high school students. If you have pre-K or kindergartners, they have courses that are appropriate for them. And, uh, you know, those those two things open doors to other ideas and opportunities that you would not have found if you were not coding and doing some level of robotics with your students. That's awesome. We'll uh, we'll definitely link back to those resources. So when you talk like that about jobs in school and hands-on it, it really it very much sounds like an entrepreneurial approach. It almost reminds me of some of the works that Seth Godin has put out. Is there anybody outside of education who you're, who you're following for inspiration um, that, that our listeners might benefit from? Yeah. You know, I actually, um, I probably follow more. I, no. Okay. I would get, I get as much from outside of education as I do from people in education. And that's a great question. I think it's really, really important to think about because we can live in an echo chamber uh, fishbowl and never go outside of our four walls. I, I read a lot of Inc. magazine, Fast Company magazine, 
um, uh, Harvard Business Review to really just look at what's happening in our world and the people that are connected to those different ecosystems. And then you read and you watch a video and you follow a link and then you think about how can I use this as a tool to connect with kids? And if you think about video gaming, and I think every school should have an esports team, like starting tomorrow. Uh, that's another thing that I'm very bullish on is esports. The number one esports player in the world, Ninja, made ten million dollars last year. Uh, companies will pay kids forty thousand dollars an hour to play their video game. The number of jobs programming the jo- the, the games. Uh, uh, selling the games, marketing the games. How about art? If you're an art art teacher, the A in Steam gets dropped off so much, and you're a graphic designer, you can go work for one of these video game companies designing the game. And you use that, you start a video game team at your school, and you use that to connect with kids to build relationships. Gosh, there's this group of kids, and we really can't connect with them. They have tons of absences. They're not really excited about school. Well, you know what? You're not speaking their language. They don't speak worksheet. No kid ever said, can I have another worksheet, please? Connect with them with the language that they speak. I was in rural Kansas about three weeks ago speaking to some high school students, and I talked about video gaming. After I spoke, a couple of juniors came up to me, and they said, you know, Adam, we just want to thank you for talking about video games. I was like, okay, why is that? Well, last year we were uh, in a competition and we were about ready to win some money. We didn't win that money, but we were really, really close and we're not giving up. And then a couple of weeks after the competition, in one of our classes, we were supposed to write a paper about what we want to do as a profession after high school. Well, we wanted to write that we wanted to be gamers. Our teacher would not let us write about that because she told us if we did, we would end up on our parents' couches with no jobs. And that right there just stings so much. And you know what? I feel sorry for that teacher because again, I go back to what I said earlier, ego and not knowing about it, not being the expert. So you're not going to do it. You don't need to be the expert with these things to do it with kids. Hey, I'm going to start a video game team. Who wants to join? The kids are going to look around and be like, it's about time. I'm so glad you asked. And then you just see where you go with it. You see where you go. You could even do it virtually. You could do a Google Classroom video game team. And then you get together once a month in person in the cafeteria after school for an hour. And kids can play and they can talk and you can strategize and you talk about marketing and and skills and all these different things. You don't need to know how to do it with kids to do it with kids. Get over yourself and what you don't know. Empower the students. They are the experts. I love that. Get over yourself. I, I think I'm going to get a couple t-shirts made up for that and one. Adam. You know what? I say that with nothing but love for educators. I really don't want that to come across the wrong way. But I mean, I tell myself that I'll be working on a new project and I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, Adam, get over yourself. Get over it. It's not about you. It's about the kids. Focus on it. Learn. Ask for help. Adults don't ask for help enough. Hey, how do you do this, I remember my last year as a principal, this was five years ago, I, was, I, was, I signed up for Snapchat and I was playing basketball at recess and I kind of couldn't figure out Snapchat. It just wasn't intuitive for me. So I told myself, all right, after lunch, I'll go back to my office and I'll figure it out. And I was like, what am I thinking? I was like, hey, who here is on Snapchat? 
about 12 hands go up, all fifth graders. I said, I need a tutorial. They run over and they show me the ins and outs of Snapchat. You know what? Like you just got to get over it. And it's okay that a a child, a 10 year old or a six year old knows something that you don't be okay with learning from anyone. That is the key. Thank you, Adam. That's powerful. And I do think people accept in the context in which it's said. (laughs) One one more um, question from me. TJ and I talk about this quite a bit. Is there a topic in education, out of education, that you wrestle with, um, idea, thoughts, et cetera, that you wish somebody would write a book on? Ooh, um, what would I wish people write a book on? Um, oh my gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I would say not write a book. I wish somebody would start a YouTube channel that kids could design their perfect school and kids could be in charge of part of their day in conjunction with the adult and the standards and what we know, because we know what's best for kids. Uh, I would say as the adults, um, I would say they need guidance and uh, not, not a reality TV show, but where kids Kids teach teachers. Kids could teach teachers how to roll out esports. Kids could teach teachers how to start a YouTube channel in their classroom or their school or their district and how to support it. Uh, kids could teach teachers how to start a podcast because it's not that hard. Google how to start a podcast. You record, you upload, and then you share on social media, and that's how you get your following. And uh, I like the YouTube idea just because it's, it's faster to market and it's going to change. Uh, you know, I mean, kids deserve it. I'll toot our horn. Kids deserve it will be relevant in 20 years because it talks about things that are not going to change. But if we're talking about relevant ideas to get kids ready for the world that they live in and not the world that we grew up in, it's got to be, it can't be static like a book. Yes, you could have version one, version two, version three, but YouTube is great because you have a new idea or something changes you create new content and you put it out to the world and you can teach people. People need to learn how to learn. Don't expect you're going to show up somewhere and just be taught, be an active participant in your learning and kids should be a part of that learning and that teaching. Well, the cool part about that too is the learn how to learn um, aspect of it, but also the learn how to teach. So it, it gives kids the platform to be the teacher, be the share. So we love that. Adam, thank you so much for being with us. I want to get a round of applause, a hearty round of applause from our, from our studio audience here in Delaware. Delaware educators are going to love this, and then educators around the world are going to love it as well. Is there anything else that you would like to add for us as we sign off here? I would say, when in doubt, you're going to have great days, and you're going to have bad days. Everyone's going to have bad days. When in doubt, put a smile on your face. I have done 29 marathons. I've run for 24 hours straight, been throwing up on the side of the road. And no matter how bad I feel, how bad I'm feeling about myself or my situation, I put a smile on my face. I automatically start to feel better. It starts with a smile. Smiles are contagious to yourself and to the people around you. It is a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be an educator. And thank you for all the work that you do 
for the kids of this country. Well, that's awesome, Adam. Thank you for being with us. You heard it here on Focus Ed. Adam, welcome everyone. Great podcast, Adam. We really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. See ya. See ya. Work.